0: Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You are listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 31. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz office365, or at podnuts.com slash ctg. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, and that is youtube.com slash call that girl. I have a lot of how-to videos, and as I've said in the past, I might start doing some live hangouts and other things for this upcoming year. This show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365, Microsoft Exchange Migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I can share from my past week or so. Please remember if you need help with learning, office 365 I'm available for hire by the project or hour, and as well I give tech discounts so don't be afraid to shoot me an email if you're in a bind and say Lisa I need your help because sometimes I can just jump right in and help and sometimes I charge you sometimes I don't it all depends on how much time it takes and if I can help sometimes I have to tell you just let me take over (laughs) and that is how it goes but sometimes I teach and, um, and sometimes I, you know, can help and uh, otherwise I might need to schedule an appointment with you. But I do have time in between jobs sometimes to help. So use me. You can call me at 612-865-4475 or email me at lisa at callthatgirl.biz. All right, folks, before we get going, as usual, I have to announce my sponsor, App River, And I'd like to take a moment to thank them. They are email web security specialists. AppRiver offers phenomenal Office 365 sales and support. They have been my preferred vendor for almost three years this spring for all of my clients, and I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you have listened to my past shows, you've heard me speak about them often, and if you'd like to set up a time to talk to my sales rep, Steve Harris, you can email him at sharris at appriver.com. All right, Uh, this show was, I guess it could be a year-end wrap-up, but I kind of tell you guys what's going on all the time as the months have gone on, so I don't know if I need to wrap up too much, except um, to your benefit, (laughs) I will say I did hire myself a business coach uh, this past week. And, you know, the reasoning behind the, the need for a business coach is because you know, in the past five years, my business has changed so much. And I went through that, you know, for those that have been listening to me four or five years or more, you know, I went through a pretty big growing pain that was pretty, uh, pretty much the biggest lesson learned of my life was I grew my business too fast. So I didn't take that as like, hmm, I failed is more than like, that's not how I want to grow my business the next time. And because I already experienced it, I know what not to do. But the thing is, I don't know what to do is how to grow a successful business. <laughs> now, a lot of you are probably listening, going, you know, I might feel the same way because we know how successful we currently are and what got us here. But how do we take it to the next level? And I'm just not satisfied with where my business is in terms of growth. Like I could easily stay here and be happy and everything is going great, but I'm like, no, I kind of want to have a bigger business. I know that the work is needed for what I do, and I know I can do it right. So maybe in the next year, I'll share some of the key things that the coach uh, shared with me, uh, just to let you know that he is um, friends with um, a guy who wrote some MSP books. His name is Carl. Which I don't do a lot of like hardcore MSP work, so I don't really know of him, but I've heard of him through other texts, and they do like his ebooks and his other uh, writings and such so um, my coach is friends with him so I kinda felt like well he's the perfect IT business coach I did look him up a little I investigated him I just didn't hire him out of the blue and um, for those interested in getting a business coach you know you better be ready for one because they do cost a little bit of money but I think overall the investment I put in to this fella will pay off uh, I'm hoping within first quarter because you know, already we had a two hour coaching session and I was like, Oh my God, he just kept asking me these questions. I was like, I don't know what am I, what, 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 you know, I'm doing it wrong. And here I'm thinking I'm, well, I'm not doing it wrong. It's just, he asked me the questions that got things out of me that helped me already see the failures I wasn't expecting. So, uh, I paid him for two hours, well worth it. And at the end he said the seven words that kind of clinched the deal with me. And, you know, he told me his prices and he said, so do you want to sign on? Because I have one slot left. And I said, well, you know what, let me think about it. And he was like, what do you need to think about? And I sat there and I was like, you know, really, what do I need to think about? I just paid the guy for two hours to not get any answers, but we kind of did a consulting, which was kind of like, He opened my eyes up to what I needed to learn, but how do I now take that and actually learn it? And I was like, you know what? You're right. What do I need to think about? He closed that sale with me, and that's how I want to learn to close sales with my clients because I get a lot of people who say, well, let me think about it, or you're too expensive, or it's not in the budget right now. And I'm like, look, if they're coming to, they want my help. They're out looking for me. They found me. They already know what they need done. So, what is it? Am I too expensive or do they not have the budget? And those are sales things that I need to learn because I mean, I'm doing okay, but I mean, I want to do better. So, I was kind of like clinched with those seven words. <laughs> what do you need to think about? I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to do it. And it was a, a year in investment for myself. So, like I said, I'll share with you folks those things. And so, uh, nothing to do with office and Outlook so much, but just as a business, you know, thing. I really, I kind of felt that uh, I needed that, and one of the things I was going to possibly do was get my master's or do some extended kind of educational stuff. But I was like, how about if I invest in myself? Because I'm the owner, and if I don't do this right, then you know I'm just wasting time and money. Okay, got that off my chest, so I'm excited about that. Um, I don't. Think in 2016, I'm going to make any other just, you know, dramatic changes, uh, with already the things I'm doing. My four services that the company offers right now are outlook break fix, which I'm thinking of going from a one hour to a two hour minimum. I have till the first to make that decision. And the reason why I have to change my minimum is because almost no outlook jobs are under an hour. So I kind of feel that the clients who are calling for price are like, well, uh, it's a little too expensive. Well, then they're definitely not gonna like a $278 bill. So maybe I'm not the right technician for them if it's a budget thing. And the other clients of mine, they'll easily say, yeah, two hour minimum is fine, just get in and fix it because they want it done and they can get on with their day and continue their jobs. And so I think the two hour model is gonna be better because I did a. Um, of a tracking a fourth quarter to see what my numbers were and I had quite a lot of of those $89 fixes that I was like if I would have asked them to buy a two hour ticket then they would have had some credit on their account I would have got the cash flow and they would have already kind of gotten training for my prepaid tickets which is a higher dollar ticket system but I would have kind of already got them in the system so if they would have bought the two after that, they would have been like, yes, I love the your prepay system now. Now this would be to a four hour. So to me, it's kind of like a scalable ticket. I, 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 I have the two hour first, then they go up to four. And so that's kind of one thing that I want to work on this year because I think the sales will be better. The expectations from the clients will be better because sometimes when, <laughs> let's put it this way. The $89 fixes I do are just 30 minutes and and sometimes I will take that 30 minute job and I'm done. But then the client, because they know I'm so responsive and so good at fixing things that they email me like two months or two weeks later, let's say, and say, Hey, there's a something else I found that just happened, which I know is not part of my problem. But then I'm like, well, look, that's going to be another $89 for me to go click a button. And I hate to say that to them, when I know where that button is, and this is something a lot of ticks say, we've earned that, you know, know where that button is. But because they just helped me, then I have to turn around and say, okay, now we need to do another $89 ticket for me to remote in and go click that button. And that's just something I don't want to do a lot of. I want to just say, great. I could go click that button. And sometimes I do that button click for free for prepaid clients because literally they're kind of like my favorite clients now they've already paid me and if I do choose to build them it's only a 15-minute billable on my prepay which is only 32 bucks and that to me is better than no box so with my prepay clients it's up to me to build them or not but I just I kinda just want to get everybody on a two, four, eight hour prepay t- you know, ticket system and so that for sure is something I'm looking at changing and as well this year um, I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again, is I'm done with break fix payments of like $49, $69. I'm working with my new white label partner on, um, we're going to do, basically if someone calls me and says, Hey, my printer isn't working. And I'm like, okay, it's probably the driver. So let's set you up with my techs. And the tech goes and fixes the driver and it was 45 minutes. That would be, Let's just say seventy nine, eighty nine bucks, whatever. Okay. Well, I don't want to do those kind of repairs anymore. I do want to escalate out of them, but I still want to offer them. And because of all the marketing I've done since two thousand seven, I still get those clients. But you know, they're 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 clients that understand the value, and we've had a relationship. And they're not a lot of them are new. They're just clients who don't use me much. But I do think that they would uh, pay for a year long service deal with me. So instead of offering the $69.79 pricing, I'm going to say for 240, dollars you're going to, we'll get that fixed, but you also get unlimited backup. You're also going to get tech support for the computer, and you're also going to get a good antivirus, which is, of course, managed services. And at that point, then I will know if the client is actually a customer or a client. That's how I'm looking at it. If they're like, well, that's really too expensive, and I'm going to say, that's fine, but we don't do those uh, jobs anymore for the $69, $79, I'm sorry. And you have to cut the cord, and this last year I've tried cutting the cord here and there, and I've just learned that you have to make a decision and stick with it, and that's, or if they don't want to buy the 240 they can become a prepaid client, and buy the four hour, which they're going to spend twice as much, but then that service goes for other things such as my outlook help. But anyway, uh, so that's this other thing I'm going to definitely be doing this year is kind of like scale the business up a level and get to a managed level. So when I start to grow and hire technicians, um, and other assistants that I hope that things are more streamlined and my processes are a little bit easier. And I think with just fewer pricing models, that'll make the support a lot easier for the techs because, I remember when I had the stores, we had prices for 20 things and it was just a nightmare. And That's one, one of my personal goals is to just get things streamlined a little bit more. Um, I think those are the two things I'm going to talk about this week for the growth. Of course, I've got a few other things I want to add on. Um, I did some test marketing in December for Outlook Training and that fared out really well for me. I sold three training packages and I already came up with a consistent training schedule or excuse me agenda so now I just need to sell it pitch it and create the processes for that and I sold three of them so that was good I'm happy about that and let's see what else did I want to add the services the pricing the training and I think uh, I'm gonna start trying to do some more migration upsells as well Uh, when When folks buy my migration projects, I'd like to see them get on a prepaid ticket, even if it's a two hour, just because they always email me six months later and they don't have a support ticket. So then again, it rolls back to that $89 to go do something that takes five minutes. So I think if I start putting that into my proposal and actually um, write up a little proposal lately, I've been just doing it over the phone because it's that easy. But to really lay out the whole value add for everything and just be like, you know what? This is everything I do. If you want to hire me, this is what you get. And I'll include training in that because some people get exchanged and don't know how to use it. And I don't include training, you know, formal training process in the migration work. So for you techs out there that are looking to gain some more money on this Office 365, this last I just talked about is super important to think about is to learn from me. I sell one thing, but how can you bundle sell a support ticket and some training? And if you don't want to do the training, you can hire me and I'll pay you a commission. But the you know, the thing is everything you add on makes it a better package for the client. They know they're getting taken care of, they're going to be able to use their products, they're going to know how to use it, and they also get the work done. So to me that's going to be super important in 2016 that I work on focusing on that because like you guys you, know, you get the call in, you just want to land the sale, and you don't think, you know, that you could. I mean, I've learned I don't always sell the extra stuff afterwards. So I really want to have good things aligned to be able to make the most money and have a better relationship with the client. Alright, guys, I think we could move into some of these um, scary things that happened this last week. And I'm gonna use the word scary because it was kind of scary. <laughs> Oh, it was just, it was kind of nuts uh, for being a holiday week, which today is December 27th, by the way. Uh, I haven't done a show in like two weeks, I don't think, but end of December, mid-December just completely just blew me away. I started the month slow and then all of a sudden just all these crazy problems start happening and migration requests and, and some people in like really tough binds and um, I just was kind of, I, mean, I got so many cool requests that I'm looking at wow I wish I could handle some of this work that's coming in I can't like one for example is this company has a hundred users and I said are you guys on exchange right now and they said no we're on iMAP which of course just about gave me a stroke even hearing about that but they said, we want to share Excel only with a hundred people online. <laughs> oh, I was like, Oh really? Now the reason why they want the online is cause they don't want people to be able to download without permission because what they do is they send out these bids to companies in Excel and they don't want people to be able to manipulate the data except for the four people who do it. And I was like, cool. Well, that's where SharePoint can actually be a very, uh, a very good product for them because they want online only, which the, the best way to use SharePoint is online only. They can actually check out the document so people aren't you know, working out at the same time. It can co-author so two people can actually work on it at the same time in tandem and they can send it to outside people. And as long as the outside people have a Microsoft account, which at this point everybody in the world probably has one, they can actually go and take the data, and then they can't manipulate it. To, you know, I mean, they can, but they really can't. Um, and so I, I kind of said to the company, well, look, I know how to run the SharePoint, but I'm not a SharePoint admin. Like, So if you guys want fancy bells and whistles, I am not your gal. And the key to doing proper support for any product line is to know your expectations of what you can do or not. And I've learned never over oversell yourself unless you tell the client I need to learn from this and they will hire you or not for that reason because they can't find anybody else usually. Excuse me. So I told the clients look I'm willing to uh do a remote session. I will do like a 15 minute where I show you my personal SharePoint site just to kind of let you know how it works and to kind of you know, I mean, that's, that's a free consult. I will do no problem. But what am I going to gain out of it? I actually don't know outside of just setting up the SharePoint site adding the hundred users, um, giving the people the training at certain levels. So, I mean, it could be a four hour job, maybe more. I really don't know. But clients, I think if you say, look, it could be four hours but expect 10, then you're giving them that four to 10 hour window of billable work and they get a 10 hour bill. They shouldn't expect it or they should expect it. But I haven't heard back from them yet and I'm okay with that because it's holiday and people, they tend to drum up ideas, go look for people and then they don't call back till later. But so anyway, that was kind of exciting. It was a non outlook one, but I think I could swing it. Um, Again, I took a lot of calls for the Outlook 2010 issue breaking and I listened to Mike Smith's uh, last show and he talked about it and about the patches and being released and I'm not a big Windows update person. So for me, uh, when I get my random calls in from people, I literally have to just go and see what's going on and try to take care of it. And a few folks I did help removing the update, rebooting reinstalling it worked and some people they actually had outlook 2010 only so if they only had that I had to reinstall the whole thing and you know what it didn't take long because most of those people were um, laughingly (laughs) on an old system I helped them install many years ago if you know um, there was a company that only gave you outlook 2010 at one point so luckily that was an easy reinstall and it fixed it a few people I said why don't you just upgrade and they were like, yeah, because they're ready for an upgrade anyway. But I have been seeing less and less of those calls, but they are coming in. Um, I think Mike mentioned something about um, waiting to release the Windows updates, and that's why it's good to be on a managed system, which of course it is. You know, a lot of these people they're still calling now because they're they are updates that didn't do them when they came out, and they're doing them now. Which so this could actually still linger for a while for all of us out there, so if you get any calls for it, it, what it happens is Outlook 2010 will open in safe mode and it disables a lot of the features of Outlook, so like if you try to change a whole bunch of settings and then you close Outlook, they're all gone. <laughs> it's very annoying to people and some of the add-ons won't work and just the other things that don't make it function like it should. So, it, you know, as it, a general you know, you don't need to reconfigure Outlook and do a whole rework on it. Just uninstalling it or repairing it or removing the updates or whatever should fix it. Um, then let's see. So a few little juicy nuggets that came in since the last show was I got just a flood of migration work, which was very exciting. One of the clients that called I'm working with right now, their migration actually starts tomorrow. Um, and it'll run into Tuesday. It's a two part. So the clients called and said, we have office 365. We're on Google apps. We kind of did most of the work and we just want you to move the mail. And I was like, well, what do you mean you did most of the work? I don't know what they did. And they said, well, we created all the Microsoft accounts. And I was like, oh, so you haven't done, excuse me. The migration, which to me that's a lot of work, you know. And they said no, and I said, "Well, did you do this? Did you do that?" And they were like, "No, no, 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 no." And I said, "Okay, well then." I said I have this tool that I've been, you know, interested in using. The famous migration Wiz, and I said I could probably do that for you. It'll take a few days. It does these passovers. Um, I, I said I know I can do it because, in fact, my next story is about. My first migration whiz job I got. And, um, you know, they basically said, how much is a regular migration? And I said, you know what, most of my folks just do the regular one where I do a pre-op spot check because uh, they're Gmail, once it gets into Outlook and you download it the first time, you've got all the, clear all the filters, you got to do all the fine tuning, the all mail is going to be, you know, packed full of junk. And I mean, that's the pre-op work I do. And then, of course, the migration and then the importing of the old information. I mean, that's a lot of work the way I do it. So they actually said, let's just do it. So I turned them into a regular exchange migration I do and skipped the migration whiz. And we start that tomorrow for eight users. And it's a perfect job for me. Um, My tech on the side said that he could help, and uh, even though it's holiday. So tomorrow we're going to do all the downloading of the Gmail Oh, one mailbox is 23 gigs. (laughs) That'll be very interesting because I want to get his started as soon as possible. It's not the download I'm worried about. I'm worried about the upload (laughs) because if it's on eight people in an office, you know what that means. Choke down bandwidth. (laughs) And so uh, he'll be using the online browser and his phone probably for a couple days, I'm going to imagine. But uh, we'll see. But the other users all have just like normal one to three, four gig mailboxes, and that'll be a breeze. And, um, you know, like I said, that's not my typical one that comes in when the people said there to have the work done. But, you know, if you ask the right questions, you know, you can still land the job because I told them that I do this work all the time and it's professional grade. And I use those words because a lot of uh People just migrate only the email and they don't fine tune Outlook and they don't do all the little things you're supposed to do that, well, I say you're supposed to do. And um, sold it. So now I do that tomorrow and that'll be good. And then my other favorite job is the new migration whiz. And I'm going to talk about that here. And then on my next show, I'll have to tell you about how it finishes. So this client said, we are on Gmail browser only for everything. We want to go to office 365 online browser, everything, which to me was seriously like the perfect, uh, my, the perfect job to do migration with. and I've been kind of waiting and chomping at the bit for that perfect one to come in because I want to get to know this migration was the, the tool, let me go look in my outlook. I believe it's called um bitten. I just heard Mike say it too, and I'm spacing off. Uh Bitten Shoot, of course I'm not gonna find it here. Um bit, bit. I'll, I'll get it and put talk about it at the end. So anyway, I used App River uh, as as my vendor. So the client was absolutely fine with that. AppRiver also sells the um, migration was tools at a discount if you're a partner or reseller. So I recommend if you're gonna start using these tools to work with AppRiver, uh, there's no cost to you know to work with them at all. In fact, they pay you if there's commission involved if you do the partner plan. Reseller, you get to make your own prices. They also sell what's called Deployment Pro, and Deployment Pro is kind of like what I would say the shortcut. For the computer to set up the profile all on its own in Outlook once the migration's done. Uh, for this job here, I don't need deployment pro because the migration was, since it's going Gmail to Exchange uh, over the cloud, should should not need that because there's no computers that are gonna be deploying it except hers, and I'm gonna do hers by myself. Okay, so anyway, back to what I was saying. I had I sold her on it. And I got all the information, I had her do the forms, I had her do everything. And just to let you know how things can really seem to go seamless, uh, what the issue I first had with her was, um, she's on a very old DNS system, and they would not let me update any records. They actually said, oh, now you have to go update name servers because our system's too old for you to go do that text record update. And so I was like, oh, dang, because I was hoping this would just be really nice and seamless. But as we know, no migration is ever seamless, is it? So I got to go play Chase the DNS again. That's, as you know, my favorite job. Figured it out. Now we're just on a holding pattern. But in the meanwhile, I did call App River, and uh, one of their techs, um, Remoted in my computer and walked me through how to set up migration was for the first time, how you go set up the accounts, what you have to do. And the reason why I think he wanted to show me is because we actually did a non, um, MX record, you know, or one wasn't set up yet with MX records. So we had to use the on Microsoft account just to get the data to start passing over to Microsoft from Gmail. But unfortunately we're not there yet. So the next show I'll have to update it, but I did get to I get to go set up. I did get to set up the accounts and verified some users, and I did get to see the tools, and it is pretty nice. And I think that um, moving ahead, I I think I'm gonna try to you know I'm not even there yet, but I'm like I like it a lot. But it, I, to me, I'm just nervous about non Gmail work because I know Gmail and Microsoft with this product have you know, the nice little relationship, but I get really nervous. Cause I would, I deal with uh, a lot of times I don't have the relationship with the client in place already to know all of their stuff. And so I just like doing the manuals myself still at this point. And, um, anyway, I, I do hope that I still get some more of these coming in cause I, I really want to use this tool. It's, it's exciting for me to, to have a different scale price also, Cause I think a lot of the Gmail people think that it's just so easy just to do stuff. And I'm like, well, it can be, (laughs) but if it's the perfect storm, if they have everything aligned perfectly. Um, so I'll have an update next show for that. And then, uh, I had a client, I think he emailed me on Monday and said, look, I did what you said not to do, which was go to Google apps. He was on IMAP, and I've helped him twice, and he's a great guy. And the, both the times I helped him, they were very short, like just quick. You know, there were some problems with sending and receiving, and I just moved some mail around, which is like, you know, a Band-Aid for email problems. But, you know, the goal is to get them on a good server, and, and then they're good to go. Well, I told him about Exchange. We had a consult about it. And he called, And he, excuse me, on Monday he was like, Yeah, I need to make an appointment because things um, aren't going well. He migrated to Google Apps, and I said, All right, well, let me see if I can go fix it. And uh, Wednesday, the day before Christmas, I was actually Thursday, I think. Yeah, Thursday. I remoted in and I went, Oh, wow, what happened? And he had imported in all of his PST files into this new Gmail account. there was 35 gigs of data in the SIM box. And I was like, there's just no way that that thing is even working. You know, I mean, every PST that I've helped him work with in the past was in there. Other PSTs, 35 gigs. The anyway, so I went into his Gmail side and it said only 10 gigs were up on the server out of 15. I'm like, we have a big problem here because your Gmail doesn't even have even a fourth of that data or, you know, whatever. And I said, so you're never going to have this thing working. And in that instant, he was like, let's just put me on exchange. And I said, good idea, because honestly, this thing is not going to look good for fixing it. I said, we're definitely over an hour (laughs) because I literally would have had to take it. I would have had to move out every PST that he put up there and put them back into their own zones or, or remove them. And you know how long that takes. And the whole OST file was just a mess. So it was kind of a nice little Christmas present to myself. He, um, you know, he was like, you know, Hey, let's do it over Christmas. I was free. I, I it's not that I didn't celebrate Christmas this year. I just didn't go home. So what am I going to do all day? You know, I don't know. So I just worked. So I bas- basically set up the exchange for him over the Christmas, um, uh, uh, Christmas Day and the next day, I only migrated email in, and I was such a good little surgeon that I did it by year 2005 to 2015, sorted it, got it all into the right folders on the server by year, and sent an inbox separate. And to me, I just about wanted to kiss it when I was done because it was so perfect till the very end, and uh, I messed up on one of the archive.pst files. The client said, uh, yep. I didn't want you to move those in because those got corrupted because the date changed, and I was like, no sweat. I went and grabbed the other, the real archive PST, moved it, moved them into the folders, and used the word good. So now, once the server is all updated, we'll just remove the other one. Should be a good fix. <sighs> let me tell you, that was really kind of a cool job though. I really liked it because it was kind of like I just you Know, I told the, the client that I said, When we're done, we're getting rid of all your other stuff too. We're gonna back it all up once, and then you know, he's got some online thing. I said, But I'm gonna clean up your outlooks, there's only a server on there. And I think just knowing that the client's only gonna see one inbox and one thing, and he'll be really happy at the end, it's it's almost like a you know, plastic surgery for his outlook. <laughs> That's why I, I use the word surgery and surgeon, <laughs> so it's pretty serious. Okay, let me see what else scary happened um, one sec Well, this isn't really scary as much as a huge learning lesson So I sold a prepaid ticket to a client. I don't know a few years ago and the interesting thing is a lot of my clients buy them and they will sit on them they only call when they have a problem, which is fine And sometimes my older clients seem to tend to change their mind when it comes to support. A lot of them have moved to iPads. They are getting more simplified. They don't need them so much. So this client emailed me in October and said, Hey Lisa, how much time is left in my prepay? And I said about 30 minutes. Okay, so 30 minutes is left. Now, over the time span of October till a couple weeks ago, she emailed me 15 times about what she wanted to do with that 30 minutes. And we also actually had two conversations. So if you think of me reading the email and me replying, that's a minute. So that was 15 minutes. And then the two conversations, one of them was for sure over 15 minutes, because when you get a client on the phone and they want, you know, online backup, you sell them your services and that's a sales call. So at this point, I'm not saying I'm down 30 minutes, but I've already put in time. And I said, you know what, at the end I said, I think you just need to buy an external hard drive and just, we'll we'll set up your online, or we'll set up your external hard drive to back up because they'd already, you know, no data was really critical. It was just a few things. And I still trust external hard drives, you know, so she was like, that's fine, I'll go buy it. And she went and bought it and she emailed me back And she actually emailed me and said, um, I already did all the data transfer myself. That was what she wanted to hire me for in October. And she was so, uh, I'd like to still use my 30 minutes (laughs) to ask questions and such. And I was just laughing going, okay, so this is not her fault by any means. It's kind of almost my fault. I mean, it is my fault if I let it go into 15 emails, I don't know. I like, I think if I didn't know her, that went to happen. Cause most of my client things never go like that. And so I had to think about it and go, where did I go wrong with this job? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I think back ago, I don't even know how that happened. But you know, I mean, you probably do this too. It's just, uh, you know, a client you've had for many years and stuff. So, um, to me, I just don't want to let that happen again. And I, th- I think what I have to do is start conquering it on the first or second email and be like, just, let's just make the appointment. Um, we had an appointment at one point, but then she didn't have an external hard drive to do the data transfer and she didn't want our unlimited backup plan, which could have done that for her. So that's where these little confusion things happen, I guess. But, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's nothing she did. <laughs> it's just, I just am wondering how'd that happen? I got figured out. All right. So we got that done. I put in my notes here, Windows 10, iCloud, Comcast and Outlook.com. I don't even remember what job that was. I think my head is so clouded up from all the other things. That was one of the things that I wrote down when I first started these notes. Windows 10, I don't generally have a problem with that, except that it does not have um, Exchange Manual settings. Keep that in mind. You have to have Auto Discover if you're going to use Exchange. iCloud I don't think works with Windows 10. Without all 2016, boy, well, I'm going to have to revisit this job. I don't know why I put all four of those titans all together. That doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, okay, we talked about that, that, that. Now, I don't really have a topic this week, but I'm just going to talk about something. Um, I was reading an online forum, and I was talking about my Christmas gift, which was the exchange migration. <laughs> And I was just kind of like excited that I got a nice job over the weekend, right? And uh, this guy writes back a negative comment, which I'm going to say it's negative because it didn't hurt my feelings by any means. But it just kind of made me like feel like I don't have any work coming up. He said that, um, how are you going to feel when Outlook fades away and you don't have any work? And I'm like, what do you mean Outlook's going to fade away? In fact, I might just go read that whole comment he said, just so I make sure I'm clear on it. I'm going to go dig it up. But anyway, uh, I'm like, Outlook isn't fading away, man. You're just not dealing with people that have outlook cause you push them onto your programs. You like a lot of our clients follow our lead, especially if they've used you for a lot of years. But I'll tell you what the, the base of outlook is, is that it's one of the number one business programs in the world. I mean, it doesn't matter what business you're in, people use Outlook. You know, you could be a lawyer, use Outlook. You can be in the hospitals and use Outlook. I've got my experience being a third-level Outlook tech from working at the Mayo Clinic. I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, businesses use Outlook. And so I think that since it's such a strong business product, that when people leave their corporate jobs, you know, what do they do? They go set up Outlook because that's how they know how to do email. And... And a lot of the people that use the free ones like Earthlink and AOL and all that stuff, those people, they don't want to get off AOL. They don't want to get off their web online email. They're used to it. But a business person has that experience with Outlook. And if for it to be a robust product that does the calendar and the contacts and the tasks and all the other stuff, they like that. Now, if you are um, trying to get someone, let's say, from Outlook, let's say, Hey, let's move you to Google apps. And if you put them on Google apps, a lot of those people don't like Google apps for a few reasons. They don't like it because the online browser is not comfortable for them. They're not millennials. They're just regular old business people like us. <laughs> and they just like, you know, seeing their folder lists and seeing their how it looks. And the, the Gmail is, you know, it's just a browser based, so people can do it on their phones and through other systems. And they don't like um, the forwarding and replying how it looks because a few complaints I've had from people is when I go to forward an email, I don't know who's getting the information that's in the last email because you can't really see the trail like you can with Outlook. And, and that's one thing that turns me off from using it right there is I can't see who. I mean, you might laugh at me and go, "Yeah, you can, Lisa." But my my clients have complained about that, and I agree. Um, I also don't like the signatures. It always puts a space in between every letter. If if you if I'm from Outlook and I send a person on Gmail an email, and then it comes back. My signature has spaces in it, and that annoys me. And plus, a lot of people with the Gmail um kind of forwarding system, their their uh, email is says on behalf of, and it looks really long and complicated, and. It can look different in different browsers and different emails, but I've had some people say, I just want to get off it because it doesn't look professional. And I'm just saying whatever, you know, I don't like it for a lot of other reasons really. But a lot of people want to use their Gmail in Outlook, which you can do hobble together and hopefully it'll work. So that's why I'm like, you know, Outlook is still a very necessary product to know how to support and understand. And this person, I'm going to read that. I'm going to go get that now what he said it's like I want to defend myself but I really don't want to defend myself write it all out I really just talk it out to you folks because you folks really want to hear what I have to say and this fool doesn't care alright so he basically said I'm curious how do you feel that your outlook days Oh, I'm curious do you feel that your outlook days are numbered I'm like oh buddy how only I plan on growing this business You know, there's not enough Outlook experts out there. I don't think that once people start, you know, figuring out that the technicians that not, not all technicians, but why do I get work is because technicians don't know Outlook. They can't support it. And the clients still want them for other stuff, but they need to go get special help because Outlook is special. So then they come and find me. And many times I keep the relationship with the other techs because they're like, you can do all our clients' work. We don't care. We hate it. And I get it because they're server guys or they're this or they're that. And Outlook is it's not everybody's cup of tea. It really isn't. And so if for this guy on this forum to think that my Outlook days are numbered, I'm like, no, I'm only expecting to grow. <laughs> and I'm expecting to grow migration teams and training and everything else because it's definitely a product that is keeping me busy and my marketing is simple. Uh, you know, so anyway, I'm just trying to defend, I guess, but uh, if you're listening to the show, obviously you're working in it as well, and you know, don't be dis- don't be discouraged by techs who say that it sucks and everything else, because I don't know, business, all MSP guys I know have their clients on Outlook and running servers, and that's how it rolls, got to go where the work is, man. So, anyway, I think that kind of rounds up the show this week, folks. Um, again, if you're interested in talking to App River, you can contact Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com. He'd love to chat with you, let him know about all their stuff. Uh, they are, again, my sponsor, so I'd appreciate if you are thinking to go that route, give him a call. You can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz, and um, you can... Share my show with through all the social media venues out or outlets rather. You can follow me on Twitter at callthatgirl.biz or sorry, just at callthatgirl. Um, you can also buy my eBooks. I have six now out there. You can go to callthatgirl.biz/slash/publications. My sixth eBook is How to Start a Computer Repair Business. It's just a simple. 50-some page pdf that has about 16 topics on just little things from my experience my learning Uh, it's a great little nugget book i call it it's you know i mean for someone just starting out it's ten bucks just to read that all all that information in one little ebook is great but uh, if you buy all six of the books you get the remote support the exchange migrations the seo for wordpress which is how i do all my work for marketing rather you get a social media guide, which is kind of helpful. Some of it's a little outdated now, but you know, it's, it still has value. And uh manual of operations, which is somewhat outdated as well, but if you're just looking for a template just to kind of work off of, it, it's handy. All right, folks, remember you can email me if you got any questions. I appreciate it. And this has been a Podnuts production. Audio supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks again to our sponsor, at River. Be sure to check out other Podnuts podcasts. Poddots Daily, Android Apps Addicts, Linux for the rest of us, and the Geeksters. Thanks, folks, and I'll see you next show.